Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite Queen's Practical Wisdoms at Work podcast. I'm Amanda, your host of today's show, and I'm here with our co-founders, Lynn and Tina, as well as Director of Operations and Communications, Rachel. Today, we'll be discussing marital status and how it may limit hiring and promotions. Is there a perception that marital status affects your opportunities in the workplace? Tina, what do you think? Thank you, Amanda. I um, I struggle with this, with this question. Um, I think that the perception of marital status affecting an opportunity, I think, is within within all of us. Um, I think that it depends upon the workplace. It depends upon your coworkers. I think that there are so many things that go into creating a perception that marital status affects opportunities. Um, several decades ago, it could be that um, a, a single person would be sent to do um, uh, travel because married a married um, person, male or female, would have more responsibilities at home and wouldn't be able to take that travel job. Um, decades ago, it was that females, married females, uh, would not need to have that raise because their significant other or their 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 partner would be making significant money that would be able to take up the slack so that that married person wouldn't need the money. Um, there were perceptions that people without children could work longer hours because the people with children would need time off to be able to go uh, tend to um, uh, their their uh, their children and their children's activities. While I like to think that those those days are gone, um, I'm with all that we hear that's in the news these days. I don't think that's. I I think that it's still alive and well in in the marketplace. I think that that marital status can have an effect upon opportunities. I don't think that it should. I think that a lot of times it's 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 um, again with this perception. I think it's in the um, it's in the DNA, if you will, of the of of the company and the and the company leadership that may create that. And then it's up to up to us to um, uh, to address it as it as it comes up. Um, we certainly going through the the 70s and the 80s as a female. Um, can can list the number of ways in which um, my marital status, whether single or married, did have an effect upon what my opportunities were. Um, and I think that it, it in the 90s and the 2000s, maybe things got a little better, but now we're, we seem to go back full circle. And um, I think it's up to us to to stand up and um, and and state when we're feeling that that um, uh, we're being affected with opportunities or we're not being presented with the right opportunities. Uh, Rachel, how do you feel? Um, well, I think I think that there is a perception that marital status does affect your opportunities, and I came across something actually pretty interesting just last week. Um, so I'm living here in Ireland now, and I was discussing marital status with a handful of Irish people born and raised in Ireland. And I was interested to find that while in America there is this lingering idea that um, a married woman 
is a secondary supplemental income and therefore she doesn't need promotions and raises. In Ireland, it seems to be that a married woman needs raises and promotions more because she's perceived to have a family to support. So I thought that was a really interesting contrast. And I'm either in either country, marital status has an effect. It's just quite opposite um, based on what those people were saying. But I think that there's a lot of a lot of ageism tied up with marital status. So what I mean by that is that if you're a young woman who's married, I think that tends to work against you. Um, there's this idea that you're going to start a family and get pregnant and take maternal leave and all these other assumptions about what you're going to be doing um, with your life. I think, on the other hand, if you're an older woman who's unmarried, that just raises a lot of eyebrows. And people, like, I think there's a less direct correlation, but I just think that an older woman is expected to be married, and if she's not, then that's just unusual. And you might be seen as a bit of a social outcast and also not needing the raise as much. I think that's kind of the difference in America and Ireland. In America, we tend to think be thinking of younger married women and in Ireland, with that group of people, I think they're thinking of older married women. So I think that that's really interesting. But I think that Tina was right, that um, whether it actually does affect your hiring or promotion opportunities really does depend on the company and who your direct superiors are, who your boss is, your coworkers, the company culture, the the values with like drenched in the company. There's a lot of different things that can come into play there. But short answer, yes. I think that there is a perception that marital status affects your opportunities. What about you, Lynn? What's your opinion? Well, the long and short is I, I agree with you both of you that specifically about perception, whether hiring uh, personnel towards potential candidates or management uh, considerations for promotion. I definitely think there's, and not only that, there's a great deal of research that has validated how perception of marital status impacts hiring and promotion decisions. And I think if we look at this a different way, if you look at men, um, being married often correlates to a perception of stability and reliability. An individual may likely grow their career within an organization and the, the perception that they're going to be there for the long haul. For women, I, I believe that it's the opposite and it's threefold. Um, first, women, regardless of their age, can be viewed as putting their families first over the organization. And th this includes siblings or parents besides, you know, children or, or spouses. And while women are often considered reliable, they're not necessarily considered to be as dedicated or as committed to the organization. I mean, this is a perception issue. Number two, I feel that um, married women um, have the added burden, uh, and unconscious or not, employers think of their income as supplemental. And Tina, you specifically talked about that, that you know, that maybe that their job is, you know, sort of something for them to do. It's not a serious career. And uh, this is obviously a, you know, a terrible perception that uh, some uh, employers or uh, hiring personnel could have. 
uh, to Rachel's point, number three, is that young married women have that other stone piled yet even higher on the pile that an employer's impression or that of the hiring personnel is that they're going to start a family and, and they'll either be taking maternity leave or they'll permanently leave the job. And all of these reasons can be conscious or unconscious, but they are negatively impacting women's opportunities in the workforce. And, um, and it absolutely, to both Tina and Rachel's point, it, it's so dependent upon an organization, upon the leadership within an organization, and also about the individuals who are actually doing uh, the promoting and, and the hiring um, within those organizations or within those departments. Thank you for your views on this tough issue affecting women. How is marital status impacting your trajectory in the workforce? Rachel? Thanks, Amanda. I think that right now at this very instant, it's not really having much of an impact on my my career. Um, I'm not at, in a business where it seems to make a difference and I'm not in a point in my career where it would, I think, really come into play. However, I can see how this might become an issue later on. So with my chosen career, it requires a few different things. First of all, it requires long hours. I have to expect to be able to work a lot of hours in a week. And I also need to be able to move for my job um, to work at particular institutions. Um, so I can see how in the future, being married actually might become quite a bit of an issue because if I am married, then at least at the and I'm talking more at the beginning of my career in terms of moving um I might be perceived as not being able to move because if I'm married then I have a partner who presumably also has a job and um it would just take a lot more coordination so I don't think that I would be seen as being as as hireable in that manner um later on when I'm at a particular institution um and pretty settled there I think in terms of movability, that's not going to have a large impact. But again, I will be working very long hours. And so just the reality of it, I can see how that that might actually impact my life, which is really so, so terrible because I don't see how, how it should. Um, it certainly shouldn't come into my potential employer's minds. Um, so yes, that's how I'm that's what I'm looking at now as um, a young woman entering the workforce here. Um, what about you, Tina? How is it affecting your trajectory? Well, thanks, Rachel. I, how does it, it impact the trajectory? So trajectory to me, does that mean am I, is it, is it impacting my financial well-being? Is it impacting my ability to uh, be promoted? Is it impacting um, um, my status at my company, um, and I'm I'm not exactly sure um, that it 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 does. I can give you a story, and I'll share a story. Um, I'd like to share a story. Um, I was um, always very private about my um, my personal life at work, and. Um, I I was married at the time. 
um, but I was going through a divorce and I just did not want anyone in my office to know that I was having any kind of a change in my personal life because I thought that I would be perceived by my fellow workers and my management as perhaps um, I might be, um, as if I was going through some sort of a personal crisis that perhaps I would not be the one to be called upon to take on a new challenge, right? That they would think that I needed to be um, treated with, um, with, with, kid gloves or, or with, with more care. And I was going through, through a divorce and, and um, I did not want my coworkers to know about it. And therefore I kept it hidden. And I just, because I, I, I truly felt that it was going to, to have an impact on me. And I kept that, that a secret. Um, and tell you a little bit about how I can compartmentalize it and keep going about my, my work. And I worked even harder um, because I I, uh, I worked harder so that I, I to prove to myself that this was not going to have an impact upon my work life. Um, that said, I I think uh, as we said in the previous uh, segment that depending upon the work environment, the workplace, um, what that culture is, what the management team looks like. I would say that yes, sometimes marital status can impact your tra trajectory um, because of perception, which we approached in the in the previous segment. Uh, it it's not fair, it's not right, um, and we need to do all we can to to address it. Um, but I think that uh, overall, it should not have an impact. Uh, I think that we should be aware that that it might, Lynn. Yeah, I, I definitely see this directly impacting women, you know, every day and, and depending upon the circumstances, the organization, uh, you know, there's mountains of evidence out there. And I believe that women are often passed over in favor of their male counterparts, uh, regardless of their abilities and performance. And I'll add um, to that point, regardless of their marital status, I think it, marital status just adds to the disadvantage women already face in the workforce. And uh, while it may be incremental, it's absolutely there. And this is especially true for long-term career growth and achieving executive positions within organizations. But I, I also think there's a ray of hope out there. I mean, a lot of ray of hope. And this is because women are changing the rules. And an example of this is the field of law. You know, if you look out right now over the landscape, overwhelmingly, most of the partners in old school law firms are men. And uh, what's changing is that women are changing the rules. They're forming their own law firms and they're breaking with the status quo to, to develop alternate paths for women to become partners in the firm. And this is really going to take hold. It's just a matter of time. And that's so important about making this force of change. And women can, you know, be that voice of change and be, take that action for change, you know, in the workforce. And we've seen it happening for decades and it's going to continue. Um, we just have a ways to go. So <laughs> keep at it. 
Speaking of women making change, what actions can you take to minimize and address this challenge? What are your thoughts, Lynn? <laughs> I just talked about it. we got to change the rules. Um, I believe that women can tackle the inherent um, preconceptions, you know, really head on. You know, have these conversations with your managers and with hiring personnel. Um, never be confrontational in the manner that you have these these conversations, but really have a positive dialogue to highlight how you are or will be an asset to the organization. You know, ask them about their interpretation of your skills and performance. Um, where do they identify your strengths? Um, ask them to elaborate on when you have been an integral force to achieve the organizational objectives and, and where there's room to grow. You know, have them talk about their interpretation of how you stand out amongst your peers. Um, you want to be humble, but you you absolutely need to be out there to show them that you um, are actively desiring to improve and take on more responsibility. And make sure you voice your desire to move up within the organization. Reminding them of how focused you are on achieving your long-term career goals and that you are a vital resource to the organization. I think all of those things um, will really help. Uh, Rachel, what are your thoughts? So I think that there are a couple of different layers that you can take here. So obviously in order to address and minimize this challenge, you can take some superficial and actually even somewhat deceitful methods and by that i mean you could wear or remove your wedding ring as you see fit in terms of the of the situation and in the short term that very well might be helpful but it doesn't get to the core problem which is that there is a shift in attitudes that has to take place so i think it's really important to try to tackle the cultural problem so, I mean, Lynn mentioned in the last question, you know, creating new paths, women creating their own um, law organizations and partnerships, and that, that you can expand that. Um, if you can create your own path, your own business, or whatever it may be, that's, that's going to be huge. But not everyone can do that. Not everyone wants to do that. So within your company, you can, as Lynn said, have that conversation and just, and just show your dedication, show that you are a committed worker. and. You know, I mean, I hate the idea of having to work extra hard to prove that you're just as dedicated as anyone else, but, you know, that's how you can do it. With this, I, I sort of struggle with this question, honestly, because what really gets to me is that this isn't a challenge that we have to, should have to address. I mean, I agree that we do have to address it and we have to be the ones to create the change, but that so annoys me because it's a problem with, with upper management. So. You know, I mean, life isn't fair, I guess, and I guess we have to work extra hard to make it fair. So, you know, have those dedications and create that cultural shift. And, you know, whenever you manage to take over the company, then make sure that you don't continue these these cultural attitudes and instill new values of looking at people based on their work and not on their marital status. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess I guess those are my potential avenues. Um, what about you, Tina? How would you address it? Uh, I think that this, you know, it, it comes down to, to, to just good old fashioned bias, right? 
Um, and bias, I guess today we would call it a, a diversity issue um, that that we're looking at. at um, uh, you know, how how do you have that conversation about diversity in the in the workplace? Um, how do you eliminate those misconceptions or the stereotypes of the married or the unmarried, the male, the female? How do, how do we just get past all of that and just have a conversation about people, regardless of our race or our ethnicity or our age or gender, just people to people? And and I think that that if we can learn to be civil with each other and to to take all of this in the in the workplace just like we would outside of the workplace, and the minute we notice any time we notice that that a coworker is being disrespectful for for any particular reason or even making an offhanded comment such as well you you wouldn't want to do that because you're you probably have a soccer game to go to this weekend and address it right then and there that is not something that is you know personal life is one thing our work life is another and and we are all up to the challenge but I think it's also up to us to stand up whenever uh, someone whether it be a co-worker or or a manager um, has us feel uncomfortable or shows a bias or a lack of diversity in in the conversation that is that is always i think it, it's up to us to stand up to that we have one more question and it comes from Lori in stamford connecticut Lori says although i excel at my job and have strong working relationships i've been passed over for promotions in the office i've been married a couple of years and i'm concerned that management has a perception that young married women plan to have children in the near future. Do you have suggestions as to how I should address my concern with management without burning bridges? Tina, how would you address Lori's question? Lori, I think that's a great question. And you probably have have uh, fellow your coworkers that are of a particular age that are taking maternity leave, and and now what they they have paternity leave as as well in in some uh, technology companies, uh, which I I hope is being adopted uh, out in the in the corporate corporate world. Um, but that said, um, I, being of a certain age. And the ability to have children should not have an impact, should absolutely not have an impact upon whether or not a promotion is in the is in the wings for you or whether or not um, you're if, if you feel that you're being passed over, I would I would say you go to management and you ask um, what other skills can can you can you bring to the table? What else? Why is it that I'm not? It, 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 not not taking a negative on it, I, I would I would switch that around to say, what can I do to be sure that the next time a promotion comes up, that I am in consideration for it. That way, you're not you're not putting anyone on the spot, blaring, "Hey, are you are you passing me over because I'm newly married and I'm probably going to start a family." No, I'd, I'd put it back and see, you know, I, I realize that that there have been several opportunities here for promotion and I have not been, I've not been selected. What can I do to be sure that I am a good contender for this? 
um, and and start that conversation that way. Not only, and I, I would escalate it. I would I would ask my manager, but I'd also, if you have a large company, you have an HR department. I talk with that HR department as well. There there may be some sort of an unspoken bias that's going on in the particular department that you're working within, and by by addressing that with with um, within other departments, uh, it might it might bring a level of awareness that might not otherwise be there. But I would absolutely just take a, a very positive approach to this and ask what what is it that I can do to uh, to be considered for for the next uh, promotion. Lynn, how about you? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Tina, and and. To Lori, this does really fit with how I answered, you know, the previous question. And I would add to that that, you know, prepare yourself for the discussion um, and do some research um, and, you know, look around. Have other skilled performers within your organization been passed over? Um, are they mostly women? Is there any kind of a pattern? Um, also be honest with yourself. How do your skills and your performance compare with the individuals who have been promoted? Um, was there a process that you didn't participate in that you needed to throw your hat in the ring? You know, really, you've got to look at yourself too. And to Tina's point, you need to initiate that conversation and be and voice how interested you are and how much you want to be considered for the next promotion. You know, really be genuine. How how can you grow in your career and within the organization? You know, ask for your manager's help and your their advice so that you can move forward. And if you're not satisfied um, with their answer or with how they're responding, you know, initiate the same conversation with, with personnel. Um, to Tina's point, you know, regarding how large an organization is, sometimes you may have to look into other departments. Um, they may be a better fit. Um, for your specific skills and where you want to where you want to go in your career, I think that you're going to learn a lot out of these conversations. Um, there could be a skill that you need to refine, or a certification that you need to acquire. Maybe you needed to voice how interested you are in being promoted, and you were being overlooked just because you weren't voicing how much you desire to move forward. So asking for that guidance and showing your interest is so important to, to making that, that move forward. And if there is something that's going on that really needs to be brought to light, you know, definitely bring it up with HR so that you can, you can address it and stand up for yourself. Uh, Rachel, what would you like to add? Well, Lori, I think that um, Tina and Lynn have both covered this, you know, you don't want to assume that you know why you've been passed over. You need to have that conversation. You have to ask first your managers and if you're not, again, if you're not satisfied, go to HR. Um, I can see why you're so upset by this because it's, it's just so, it's painting all young married women with such a broad stroke, you know. Not all women want to have kids. Not all women can have kids. Not all women want to have kids at the same time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I can see how you would be really irked. So yeah, have that conversation. And you know, if you, if you've had that conversation with management and you've looked at other departments and you know for a fact that you have the skills necessary and you've discussed with HR and you're not satisfied with where things are going, um, then I would say that that's not the company for you. 
if you are in a company that can't seem to accept that a married woman can be dedicated and and hard worker and deserving of a promotion and i yeah i wouldn't stay there i honestly wouldn't and unless there's something else about this company that's really keeping me there um i would look around and see if you can find a company that's a little less um presumptuous about your life and how your personal life and your professional life might um interact so yeah i mean that's that's what i would say as lynn said if you're looking around and you're seeing a pattern then you might you might be able to bring up um quite a significant uh uh piece of like even a presentation to hr being like look this is a systemic systemic problem and if hr again doesn't do anything then you just might have a class action lawsuit who knows but overall i would say i would say you know do what's best for you um and leave if you have to so i hope that's helpful lori i i know i you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater to bring back in children um but but do what's best for you Thank you so much, Tina, Lynn, and Rachel, for your advice. I hope it helps you, Lori, and anyone else facing similar predicaments. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petite to Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com.